Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. It's a show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today being Friday, today is Friday, June 12th. I can't imagine where June is hurrying to, but apparently June has an agenda. And the agenda seems to be to get the heck out of Dodge. So we need to figure out what exactly does June know that we don't know. Because June is in a mighty rush to get out of here. Everybody remembers me? May took a while to matriculate. It took forever. And now all of a sudden, June got here, and it's like, bye-bye. We're out of here, <laughs> right? I saw something funny on, on my Instagram page a few days ago where somebody created a calendar on 2020. And I'm imagining that it has to be from the perspective that 2020 has been so jacked that it could only get worse from here. So they have something like uh, there's going to be an asteroid in December. Uh, there's going to be a pandemic in October and November again. And September, there's going to be an alien invasion. And August is pandemic. And I'm like, they're just basing it off the fact that 2020 got off to such a start. It's, it's been crazy, hasn't it? It's been just crazy. I don't know about you, but I think I'm... I think I'm traumatized from 2020. I'm going to need therapy after this. In fact, I've started today after my show is done. I'm I'm getting some serious (laughs) self-care. And I encourage you to do the same. What are you doing about your self-care methods in the wake of all of this? Because all of these things contribute to trauma. And especially for those of us in in the people of color community and for those of us in the black American community, we are severely traumatized because now more than ever, more instances of police violence is emerging, police chasing young black people, police arresting young black people for minor infractions like a traffic stop. Uh, in Oklahoma, we saw one where a young black man, two young black men were walking and the police stopped them for jaywalking. They were walking on a street without a sidewalk. There was no, and the police who was not driving stopped them. And when they refused to, and when they asked, he literally threw one of them to the ground while the other one was filming it. So when you see this, you're like, seriously? I think we're all traumatized. So after today, I'm going for some self-care, and I encourage you to do the same. I think we all deserve some self-care, don't you? Yeah, I think we all should. So today I want to talk about, do you think the glorification of cop TV shows contributed to, to, to violence? Uh, Is this one of those things where uh, people think they're in a live TV moment or they're in an episode of Cops, so they just kind of just went crazy? Or was life, were the cops just performing for cameras because they want to get their name out there? They want to get a message out. We don't know. All we can say is for those of us in the black community, we are traumatized. And we're severely traumatized that we can't get a chance to live our lives as people of color and to just go about the business of daily living. Whether we are movie stars or basketball players or football players, whatever our profession is, why should we be hassled? White people are not all professionals. There are white people who work at Walmart. There are white people who are janitors. There are white people who work in laundromats. They're not traumatized or neither are they violated while they're living. Nobody's pulling them over and questioning their existence and why are you walking here? They're jaywalking, they're doing drugs, they're doing all of that, but they're not as traumatized 
as we are, neither are they as violated. So I just want to ask a question because any network this week discontinued live TV, they should have. And uh, Cops, that long-running TV show, was discontinued. And it occurred to me that, wait a minute, we probably were looking at these shows as entertainment when, in fact, they didn't create those episodes. You know, for a long time, I thought Cops was uh, made up. I didn't think those episodes were real. Did you know that? Because I couldn't understand how uh, people gave up their rights to be arrested and uh, gave up their rights to be filmed while arrested. I didn't understand it. I didn't realize that Cops was an actual and, and Live PD were actual episodes. I didn't know that because I couldn't understand it. How did they obtain permission to do that? But I'm, it, I'm beginning to think that just maybe we went too far. Just maybe we glorified cops and glorified their work to the extent where it has proven detrimental to the rest of us. I, I can begin to tell you, I have a headache now because if I turn the TV on and the news is running, there comes another episode live in lifetime of someone showing the cops manhandling uh, someone while they're arresting them. And for the life of me, I heard the, um, the Minneapolis, the president of the Minnesota Police Union say a few days ago that he thinks it's irrational that the conversation around uh, defunding the police, and his actual words were calling for police reform, is in fact irrational logic. And I'm like, seriously, are you so out of touch that you don't realize that your methods of policing are detrimental to human beings. You see what I mean? So, 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 if, so what we've done then is desensitize a group of people into thinking that their actions are normal. It's kind of like normalizing dysfunction. So your actions are dysfunctional, but you, we have normalized them to the extent now where people feel that it's okay. I'm, I'm taking my time around this because I want, I encourage your participation and I want your feedback because I want to know if, if it's just me, am I alone out here just thinking that we never should have had these cop shows in the first place, that there should never have been cameras rolling while cops were doing their business because now we see how this has proven detrimental to the rest of us. For instance, uh, Javier Hambler, Javier Ambler, you've heard about him? The man in Austin, Texas last year who was arrested by the police was actually being filmed in an episode of Live PD. And any network, any network sat on that film knowing that they had the documentation of Javier Ambler's arrest and how he died while in police custody. And they said nothing for an entire year. As far as I'm concerned, we all should boycott Annie. Don't you agree? Don't you what I'm saying? I think we should all boycott Annie. Because that just does not make any sense. I tweeted them and asked them. Of course, they're not going to answer. But I think if enough of us start asking for accountability from these agencies, they will answer. Because Annie could not tell me if it were my son. You had the evidence. You were right there filming it for an entire year. And you didn't think you owed the public a duty of care to disclose that, that the police manhandled a man who eventually died while in police custody. The problem is not that the police are not supposed to do what they do. 
They're not supposed to do it with violence. They're not supposed to chase people for a traffic stop. Come on. You're chasing somebody. Do you know how many people have been killed because you were chasing, driving crazily through the streets on a traffic stop? Like, if you want to be a NASCAR driver, for the love of God, go take a race car and go to a NASCAR track. But Live TV had the evidence and said nothing about it. Let me see what people are saying right here. Uh, uh, we're in a Caucasoid cognitive dissonance conundrum state. Okay. Uh, break that down so we can all get into the conversation with you, right? But do you see what I'm saying? You're probably right. <laughs> we we are aware that we are detached. We are aware that we are being violated in real time and while we're still living. So that is evidence of trauma because we're living in a state. And I suppose to some extent, to some extent, it might be intentional that they want us to be petrified and they want us to be psychologically damaged. So when we see the police, we become fearful. You've got to be kidding me. You're messing with some wrong people out here. Because I'm not petrified. Because I do have options. And one of them is called a lawsuit that will take you and everything you own. You will have nothing left when my family is done with you. So be that as it may. Because there has to be a place where this stops. There has to be a place where all this violence stops. And I believe it is time for some of these lawsuits to stop coming from city budgets and to come from pensions. So, for instance, an officer pulls me over, and he decides that he, he's law and he's God, because I think that's what we're doing. We're playing God with people's lives. I have the power to take away your rights, and I have the power to make you fearful, and I have the right I can, I have the power, so I'm going to take away your freedom and give you a police record and give you a criminal record. You can never work. You can never do anything. That's what I think the police does. They play God with people's lives. They think they're God. And they can get away with it because they have a system that backs them up. The system is called the prosecutor's office. Most prosecutors in this country need to be under review. It's not just the police that are bad. When the police kill these people, kill people off in the streets, The case goes before a prosecutor who does not prosecute. The prosecutor structures the case so that they're going to win. Then it goes before a jury of his peers. A jury of peers with a white man is not going to side with a black man against a white man. So that needs to be overhauled. If I were choosing a jury, no, you need to look like the damn community and look like the man uh, whom you just killed. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see? I, I know you all see. Some of you probably are fearful to say anything because... You fear that the police are going to come after you and have a price. But if we all live in fear, I can't afford to live in fear. I am not going to live in fear. Whatever will be is going to be. Everybody just knows they're going to have to deal with the consequences. So they're not going to intimidate me into silence, and I'm going to sit back and shut my mouth while they randomly go ahead and kill people and pull people over for nothing at all. Look at the story of the guy, young man in Midland, Texas. He ran a stop sign, and the police chased him and called for backup. He ran a stop sign. He drove to his grandmother's house. His 90-year-old grandmother had to fall on him so the officers would not kill him. Then they hurt her on the way down. They must have pushed her for her to fall. Traumatized her. 
So he was trying to save the life of her grandson because he was going to end up being another hashtag. And for some reason, I get the feeling that the police know all of this is happening and they sit down and they talk about it and feel like you're a little god. I'm telling you, your day of reckoning is going to come. Either you're going to be without a job and end up being a mall cop somewhere where you won't have that power, or you're simply not just going to work. And we've got to have a national database of the, all these bad actors so they can't just go from one jurisdiction to another and carry out the same evil acts. And there has to be reform. It, it, it is quite clear now that... Uh, you know, that, that, that doing this job of sensitivity training and trying to tell the police that, you know, they should do better, that, that's not working. Is it, does anybody think that's working? It's clear that's not working. No, no amount of sensitivity training is making the police feel accountable and culpable. So sensitivity training is not helping. We thought that that would help. If we initiated them and exposed them to the fact that people from certain groups respond in a different way, it's not helping. They're still going to do what they do because it's the only time, I guess, it's a power trip. They have issues with power. This is the only time when they get to feel powerful on another human being. And I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you, y'all. Most of these cops who are bad actors, you want to bet they're bad actors at home? You want to bet they're the same folks who go home and beat up their wives? You want to bet they're the same folks who have multiple divorces? I guarantee they have multiple divorces and they go home and beat up their wives. And even if they've been married for a while to the same person, she can't talk because who is she going to tell? The other police officers who come over when she calls the police? Who is she going to call? Call the police on the police? It's one of those silent things that they like to say, this blue wall of silence, we take care of our own. That shit got to stop. No, I'm not apologizing. If the FCC want to bleep it out, bleep it out. But that's, it, it's got to go. That stuff got to go. The violence that takes place in police communities among themselves is rampant. They do beat their women. They beat their partners. And nothing gets done. Then when they're angry enough, they go out and they catch a black person and and empty a gun in him or her, as they did with Breonna Taylor. Then there's a justice system that is backed up. I'm happy to see that in Louisville, Kentucky, they, they they have formed the policy within the city that there's no such thing as a no knock warrant. We still, I, I, I still feel that the judge who signed off on that should be held accountable. The judge who signed off on the no-knock warrant for Breonna Taylor needs to be held accountable. If you're just going to sit there and some cop comes to you with a warrant and tells you, and you just sign off on it because the person, they mean nothing to you. They're people who clean your shit, clean your house, wash your damn car, uh, are in the drive-thru when you go through. They are the economically vulnerable people whom you have sex with, young children, so they, their lives mean nothing. So seeing a no-knock warrant brought to you by a police officer who tells you that this is some criminal, because that's how they worded, everybody is a criminal, and you get some judge to sign off, it's time for the justice. The entire system needs to be overhauled. All the bad actors need to go. 
All of them need to get out of here. All of them need to be held accountable because they are contributors. It's just like in, 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 in Minneapolis. The prosecutor took weeks before he brought charges. If there wasn't a public outcry, nothing would have been done. What was he waiting for? He saw the video. He could get the surveillance. You know what it is? He's backed up by the police union. He and the police are in bed with each other. The police probably have stories on him of him having sex with people or he drives drunk or whatever. So at the risk of someone's life, you can't get a conviction. That's why the Minnesota uh, uh, Attorney General says it's going to be hard to get uh, a conviction. And I'm looking at him like, what are y'all doing over there? What, 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 so what purpose you serve? Why y'all went to law school? You're so afraid of these people. You can't stand up in your own skin and say, we're going to get a, a conviction or not. We're going to prosecute this case and then do it. Don't just hide behind what is politically correct or the white establishment making you feel that you can't go against the establishment. To hell with it. To hell with it. To hell with it. How many more black and brown bodies have to die in the streets for this country to wake up and realize that you've got a problem with violence by the very same people whom you sent to correct the peace, the same people whom you chose and appointed and hired to protect the peace are the same people who are being violent. So you're no different than the common criminal then. The common criminal who goes in somebody's house Right? And rape and pillage and murder. You are no different if you are doing the same thing. We have a problem. And I feel like watching these shows might have made some uh, uh, people in the police department feel that their actions are justified. The thing that gets to me is that overwhelmingly, the, the, the people who are arrested and depicted are black. So it creates a perception in the public's mind that black people are criminals. And the people who are doing the arresting are white. Watch Cops. Watch 48 Hours. Watch Life TV. There are reruns of that stuff. They should remove the entire catalog and be done with it. It's just the craziest thing. And nobody, nobody wants to talk about this because everybody's afraid. You don't know the power of the police. The police has the power that we have given them. Well, you don't know who they know. They know everybody, and so do I. You know who I know? God. That's who they're messing with. They're trying to play God. Well, we're going to find out who is the real God. The real God going to show up someday. Right? It's, it, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's got to stop. You kind of have to do like a Tyler Perry Medea you know, the, the, you know, Tyler Perry's depiction of what a black grandma is like. You kind of have to become like that because you have to ask yourself, what the heck is giving here? It's, it's, it's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I mean, I'm watching all of this, and, and separate from the fact that I think I'm inundated with it, like it's giving me a headache, separate and apart from that, I want real solutions. For instance, here in Michigan, in Warren, Michigan, I must have told you this earlier, on, earlier this week, a young man, a young black man, was working. He's working. He's driving an Amazon delivery truck. Kid you not. True story. He makes a delivery on a neighborhood and parks the wrong way. Anybody ever get a delivery and they park the wrong way? Happens all the time. Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, they all park the wrong way. Even the DoorDash people park the wrong way. 
nothing unusual about that, except somebody must have called the police. The police showed up and asked this young man for his ID. Of course, he's not going to show his ID. He's driving the Amazon delivery truck. Everybody just told the cops who he is. Why are you pursuing him? According to the police commissioner, who looks like he's older than time itself. So his time on the earth needs to be ended right now. His time needs to go. I mean, he's too old. He's with, he's out of touch with present-day reality. He's a, a, a callback to, 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 to Jim Crow. He's probably still thinking this is 1950s America where he can just randomly arrest black people. He actually filed felony charges against the young man for, for resisting arrest. He didn't resist arrest. The police was over there asking him for his ID. He said, I don't have to show you my ID. Do you know why the police ask you for ID? Because they know you're not going to do it. Because there is no law that says we don't live in a police state. We're not under military rules where you are required to show ID. But they know you're not going to do it. So what they do is they bring a trumped-up charge called resisting arrest. And because the police control the reporting mechanism. Who is going to dispute it? It's your word against their word. So they take it to a prosecutor who is like-minded like they are. And before you know it, felony charges are, are written against someone who has, especially, it seems to me, they take great pleasure in people who don't have a record. They want to give you a record, put your body in a jail so the for-profit prison system can continue to benefit off of you. And then they go home and sit down. No wonder their family members end up drugged out because there is a thing called karma. You want to put the same thing on somebody else's child, then it's going to happen to yours. I kid you not. I kid you not. The, 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 the conundrum that we are all having is that the police comes to the public and they go to the city council. We pay taxes in city, county, states, and federal. They go to city councils and they say, Violent crime is so high, the only way we can fight it is we need more money in our budget. We need to hire more cops, put more boots on the ground. We need to give the cops more equipment. Our equipment is not up to date. We don't have the same guns as the criminals do. Okay, so we say, all right, here we go. We give them more guns. We give them everything they want. And violent crime is still high. You call the cops, and they still can't solve a murder that took place 12 years ago. They can't even solve a murder that happened 48 hours ago, much less 12 years ago. You call the cops, you call 911, and the dispatchers are rude. Let's start right there. The whole system to be shaken up and removed. It needs to start all over again, tear it down to the ground, and start all over again. And this time, ask the public's input. What do you want in a police system? What con- First of all, what constitutes a police system? What are effective methodologies should we implement in a police system? Because you can't teach an old dog new tricks. How are we going to reform the police if the police are already, they're going to be resentful now because they feel that there is interference. So the police then think that they're an independent body and are therefore not subject to oversight and review and nobody should tell them how to police. That's how they feel. Wherever did they get that idea from? The police are responsive to the public because the public pays you. Now, if, if, if Tom Jones and company paid you, then you'd be a private security force. But you are betting you're being paid by the public. So you owe the public a duty of care. 
So I started telling you about the story of the Amazon driver and how he ended up in police custody. So everybody starts talking about it. And the police commissioner said he was going to give a press conference, then he canceled it and only interviewed with one TV station. Because he must have recognized that this was going to be all out trouble. Next thing you know, the prosecutor says they're not going to bring charges against the young man. That's a smart prosecutor because Macomb County, Michigan, has some of the highest arrest rates in the country, the highest incarceration rate. You drive through Macomb County, you're likely to get into jail. Not just pulled over, you're likely to end up in jail, especially if you're black. The prosecutor decided to drop the charges. He's not going to pursue charges. Against him for what? Do you see what I'm saying? Are you hearing me, America, white America? Are you hearing? Until you, this happens to you, you will never know what it is like. This was a 23-year-old young man who worked for an Amazon vendor. You can't work for them if you have a police record, if you have a criminal record. They do an intensive background, criminal background check. So even if you think that doesn't apply to you, white America, right? Even if you say, well, whatever. Do you think the police had a right to call? How would you feel? You're walking down the street. Some of you don't even drive with your driver's license on you. And you don't see anything wrong with it. You're just driving and you just go about your business and, oh, well, I don't have it today, whatever. What if this were to happen to your son or your daughter? How would you feel? Would you feel harassed or would you call the police commissioner and have the officer fired who did that to your kid? Well, that's how we feel as parents. Being a parent doesn't matter whether you are black or white. It shouldn't matter. But since you want to make it an issue, then the same thing should happen to you so you know what it feels like. I have two daughters, one of whom is an attorney. I can't wait for the day they try to pull her over. I can't wait. She will have their badge and everything. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, 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 it's almost like you're, you want to, I don't know, the police has a power problem. They're on a power trip. It's a power trip. They don't have enough power at home, so they take it to work. And they execute it on black people. It's part of a wider agenda of filling prisons with black and brown bodies because the prison for profit system has to, has to, has to accelerate, has to profit somehow. And this is the way they do it. And guess what? They get away with it. And when it is being, if it were being filmed, we would know. And now that it is being filmed, we're calling it out. And the police say, we're irrational. Are we? Really? Put yourself in my shoes and get behind the wheel of a motor vehicle in the United States, anywhere, and see what happens. Drive around in my skin. This is the thing, you know, all these people in Hollywood and so on, they want, you want to look black, you want to be black until it's time to actually be black. Colin Kaepernick was fired because he took a stand. Drew Brees took a stand. He didn't get fired. He, did Drew Brees get sanctioned? No, that people just started saying, hey, I am supporting you, and he backed up. But did he, was he called out by the NFL? Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh from the Steelers raped people. The NFL didn't fire him, even though they had cases and cases of domestic violence amongst white players. They don't get fired or sanctioned. 
But a black man said, I am going to kneel because the anthem of this country, because of police brutality, calling attention to police violence against black people, and they fired him. The NFL has no credibility. I don't know about you, but this football season, I ain't watching them. I'll be live tweeting and encouraging everybody I know from watching the NFL games until they hire Kaepernick back, give him his job back. They have no credibility. Ben Roethlisberger is a rapist. You still have him on the team. All of them have committed violence on their spouses, and you shut it down. But you're going you're gonna to fire Colin Kaepernick. So hell with it all. This is crazy. You realize it's 2020, right? You realize that now we have cameras. See, in the 1950s, the way that we weren't alive, so the way they presented, they make it look like black people were wrong. They don't have a right. They were doing something wrong. But now we have cameras everywhere. There are cameras everywhere. So the camera is recording everything. And now you're looking back at it. The NFL owes Colin Kaepernick an apology. And the police owes the public an apology. That is the one thing that I am not seeing in all the discourse from the police. I see no remorse. No remorse. All I see is militant action, hell-bent, on making sure that if they catch you up in their crosshair, they're going to do it to you just the same because they have the power. We're talking about traffic stops here. Do you realize that most of these police encounters are happening because of traffic stops? It's not when they go because they, you know, they hear that you performed a criminal act. People running red lights and yellow lights and stop signs and they get killed for it. What is this, a free-for-all? What is this, hunting season? Is that what it is? You're, you, how does it feel now that all the public scope is on the police? How does it feel? And look at me. I need to apologize to everybody. I've been an ardent supporter of the police for many years. And look at me now. I must admit that we have a problem. And I'm saying to the police, you need reform. You need to come clean. I see no remorse from any police agency, not one. No apology to the black community for having killed black people indiscriminately. No apology, no remorse whatsoever. It's almost as if we don't matter. It's almost as if, well, what are they talking about? They're not important. Who cares about them? It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Guys, are you hearing what I'm saying? The police have not apologized. Why? Do you think that you are above the law? Do you think the laws of the land are not applicable to you? Do you think there is no accounting? This is one of the reasons why when people stop going to church, they stop feeling like God was overseeing everything and there was this accountability. So we all started to feel like, well, we take God out of the equation, then the accountability is going to stop at the judge. So the judge becomes God. So the police says, well, the judge isn't here. I'm here right now, so I am God. Let me tell you the story about a man who told me that he was God. 
He was my God, and I should bow down before him. He's dead now. He's six feet, six and under, laid out in a cemetery in New York State. You know who did it? It wasn't me. It was God. That man beat me within an inch of my life. That man shoved me and kicked me and dragged me by my hair across the floor. He tore up my Bible in front of me and told me that I am his God, that he's my God, and I am to bow down before him. You worshiping God, I am your God. Bow down before me. And then kicked me in my belly. I live to tell the story. But you know what else happened before he died? He lost his mobility. He lost his ability to walk around the same power that he thought he had to power him up and make him walk around. That power was taken from him. He had to become dependent on someone else to feed him, clothe him, bathe him. He tried to get in a bath by himself. Let me back up. He promised me that he was going to make my life a living hell and I was going to live in a bed of hot water. Are you listening? He tried to get in a bath by himself. He fell in a bath of hot water. That's what happens when you think you are God and you have power over someone's life. I'm not afraid of anybody because I saw what happens to people who believe that they have power. I can't be afraid of anybody because I'm a woman. I have carried two children in my body and I have given birth. And anybody who has been through that, to get a human being and push a live human being out of your body after that, there's there's nothing you're afraid of. It's like whatever. Your body, you literally die so somebody else can have life. I am saying to the police right now, you need to apologize to us. You need to be remorseful for your actions. You know that it happened. I don't see any remorse coming out of the police establishment. You owe the black community an apology for the violence that you have meted out against us. And continue to do, even while George Floyd is happening, even while worldwide protests are happening, the police in Warren, Michigan, threw a black man on the ground for nothing. The police in Midland, Texas, chased a young black kid and terrorized him for nothing. The evidence is too great. So I tell you, go read my book, Through the Fire. Maybe because I hadn't had a negative encounter with the police, I thought, well, in cases where there's criminal activity, they have to do what they have to do. None of us are going to disagree with that. Are we? No. In cases where there's a bank robbery, there's a murder, that your people are threatening a family member, or people are robbing a bank and they're in a public space shooting, nobody is going to question the police tactics because we recognize that there has to be law and order and there has to be public safety, has to be maintained. But a black man driving down the street and he ran a red a stop sign. No, police, acti- criminal activity, he's wearing the wrong tag. That's criminal. Or the tag doesn't belong to that car. Maybe people transfer cars, whatever. Or maybe the car doesn't have a tag, so you're wondering what happened. 
I bought a car one time and I didn't get the tag for two months because the people who sold me the car played footsie and I didn't know what I didn't I I really didn't figure it out. I said I gotta go take care of it and you know how that works. The police pulled me over and when I explained to them what happened, he was like, This is what you do. Told me exactly what to do. He says, Go to Secretary of State and tell them. Gave told me exactly what to say. And I sure enough I went to Secretary of State that day and told them was done. And it was an older cop and a what young cop. The young cop was peering into my vehicle because my vehicle had tinted windows. He was peering into my vehicle with so I said to the older cop, I said, please tell that young man that I'm not a criminal and please don't look inside my vehicle because it's making me feel he thinks I'm a criminal. I said, please tell him to stop. I said that and the cop said, please and I'm like, if you want to know what is in my vehicle, I'm sitting right here. Ask me. I perhaps will open. I can open the windows from here and make you look in my vehicle. But first, you need to tell me what makes you think I'm a criminal. Do I look like a criminal? Do I have, you ran my tags. You ran, you took my driving license. So you ran my name. So you obviously see I'm not. Do I look like a criminal? So please explain to me. And the older cop said, well, we pulled you over because, you know, we, didn't, we couldn't see an identifiable tag. When I showed him the paper tag, he says, okay, well, you checked out. You know, we need you to take care of this. And uh, where are you going? You know, he said, you were speeding. And I said, yeah, because I'm late to go for an appointment. He said, all right, well, we're going to make sure you get to your appointment. So we're not going to stop you. Here's what you do. I said, okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Why can't that kind of interaction happen every time? Why does it have to be aggressive? Why do you have to attack and be violent towards black men? Why? And I still, the police does need reform. You do need reform. You need to be not aggressive. If, you, if somebody calls you and says, there's a man out here shooting, yeah, show up with the full force. We want that. Somebody calls and says, my husband is attacking me, my boyfriend, my partner, whatever. Show up with the force. But you're driving down the street and you are just parked. And you see some guy fly past through a stop sign. For the love of God, put your lights on. Approach him and say, hey, you know, you do how you did flash the red light. What's up? Let them tell you the story. And chill. No need for you to get violent. No need for you to get aggressive. No need for you to take your hands off the wheel. Come on, you're car. You're coming along. Who the hell are you talking to? My kid? Did you birth him? Did you feed him? Do you bathe him? You know what it's like? Jesus. I kid you not. I have relatives. I'm terrified for them. I'm terrified for them. I literally, I think that's the place we all are. We're living like, we're all like holding our breath, waiting for the next one. Isn't it? You're all nodding your heads slowly. That's what we're doing. So how do we do, how do we do this? How do we stop this? Well, here's a couple of things I suggest. In your city and your town, there's a police activity. If you're part of the community, ask questions. Don't be afraid. And I know you're probably saying, Harriet, I'm the only black man living in a town of white people. You need to ask yourself, why are you there? 
do you feel comfortable? Your kid, your son drives through town, your daughter, your niece, your nephew. How do they feel? A friend of mine lives in Lansing, and she says every time her son is active military, every time he comes home and drives, they pull him over. And I'm like, you don't see something wrong with that? By now, I would have been down to the police station. Like, why do you keep pulling my son over every damn time he comes home? He gets pulled over just because he's a black man. <laughs> I kid you not. So if you live in a town where you go down to the police station and ask to have a, have a meeting with the, with, with the police, the board of police commissioners, according to them, they have, they're friendly. They talk to people. We don't know about that, but ask. That's one thing. The second thing is support the movements that are helping people. That's the second thing. And the third thing, the only way we're going to stop this, you've got to get out and support the people who are putting a stop to this. And for you and I, we're going to have to disengage. So this week, for one day, tomorrow, I am going to shut off social media. I'm not going to pause. I, I, I need to take a break and unplug because it's, it's too much. So that when we come back, we're healthier. We can all talk to our sons and daughters about keeping your hands on the wheel when they pull you over and so on and so forth and explain to him, I'm going to reach into the glove compartment to take out my, and we're going to, you know, us ladies, our purses are like way back on the back seat. I drive an SUV from, you know how far the back seat is from where I am. I'm, not, I'm like five feet three. So, you know, my seat is like on the touching the wheel. Don't laugh at me. Don't judge me. So when you, when I have to reach for my purse, I'm literally like stretching like a like an acrobat to reach back there. Seriously, it's not funny. I'm vertically challenged, right? So, so I'm not driving with my purse on the seat because I'm not expecting to be pulled over. I'm not driving for that, right? So we need to have this conversation, right? So unplug for a day. So when we come back to this, we have fresh minds. As far as I'm concerned, reform is the way out. We've got to get the police to see that they are wrong in their current methodologies and execution. We've got to ask for no-knock warrants to be disbanded. That's a ridic- I, I, I never even knew such a thing happened that the police could just literally show up and bam, smash the door to your dwelling if they suspect criminal activity. So you suspect criminal activity is taking place at my, my property, and you're going to show up? <laughs> I hope you have some money left, dude, in your 401k. (laughs) I kid you not. (laughs) Huh. Like, seriously. Do you see what I'm saying? So some of these things, we and unfortunately for us, we're not going to get a chance to say, well, it's not my problem. You're going to have to take action. And if you live in in a community and you're the only black person there, you need to ask yourself, why do you live there? What are you trying to prove? You want to be harassed? You want to just, uh, you know, uh, well, they don't really do me anything until it happens. Who's going to be there to defend you? You won't live to tell the story, right? So that's not going to be the excuse. You can, can't just be, no. You need to be in a place where you are comfortable and confident that you walk out the door, that stuff, stuff like, is not going to happen. And that's why we have to continue agitating. So we can't stop the agitating. We can't stop the action. So unplug for a day, but know that the fight is not over. The journey is continuing, and we got to get to the destination, and we are the drivers. 
So we can take a break for a day and then come back to this. And we got to figure this out and we have to keep it moving because this got to stop. It can't continue. My daughters, my children after me, my relatives don't need, should not drive in fear. No one should live in fear of any kind of police activity. The last time I checked, we don't live under a dictatorship and we don't live in a police state. So there should be no fear. We should be free to move around the country. We should be free to go from one place to the other and drive as we wish. As a matter of fact, it says so in the Constitution. That's why during the pandemic, they couldn't stop you from driving to another state. It's a constitutional right. Well, if it is a constitutional right for me to move around the country, then I should be free. All of us, we're going to take a break, but we're going to come back, and we got to continue. The agitation must continue. We've got to stop. Don't give up the pressure. Use your social media presence to keep the pressure up because it matters, because they know that the people are talking and talking and talking. You don't need to be a talking head on CNN or MSNBC. You have a platform right where you are. Use that platform and speak up and talk and talk and talk until they become immobilized, just like they're trying to make us immobilized, make them immobilized until it falls and the playing field is totally leveled and we all can live. Nobody should live with fear. No one should live in fear. Nobody should live in fear. The, the community in which George Floyd was killed, the place where the uh, uh, shop is, the, 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 the business, the food place, whatever it was, some little corner shop, like a bodega or something, is inhabited by Somali uh, refugees. When they heard all that police activity, it triggered them because they're refugees running from war in Somalia. And yet, they come to America thinking they were going to not have to deal with that. And yet, we brought it to them. Something has got to be done. It has to change. So take a break, everybody. I'm done. I'm not going to talk anymore. We've seen all of this. You can tune out for a day. Take a 24-hour break. We're done, but we've got to come back to this, all of you. I'm expecting each and every one of you. I can't do this without you. Your support is what they're watching from me. The more you talk about this, the more we engage and talk, is the more they recognize that this is an issue. So we've got to get this going. We need people. We need engagement. So take a break. We come back. We're going to talk some more about this. And we're going to talk until the system is dismantled. It can't work like this. Slavery did not end in one day. Slavery didn't end by us taking a break. Slavery didn't end when people just went to sleep. No, slavery ended because the pressure was put on by the people who were being enslaved. We are being enslaved right now. Living under a police state is a form of mental enslavement. They're terrifying us into doing what they want. There is violent crime, and they're not being solved because the police don't care about violent crime. Violent crime is the reason for their existence. They want us to live. It's either violent crime, you're in a hot box. You live between the military, police, and violent crime. And that's what they want. That's not how it is designed to be. And we need to dismantle that system, that system of oppression. That system that makes a young black man have to drive to his grandmother's house so the police won't shoot him 
and say he was running from police. That system that gave a no-knock warrant for a police to go and shoot a Breonna Taylor while she was sleeping seven times. We're going to say her name and say their name until the system comes down because their names have power now. They're immortalized now. So we're going to say their names until their names cause systems of militarization and police militarization. Even the military yesterday, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs had to come out and say we don't do military on our own people on American soil. You know how bad that is? The chairman of the Joint Chiefs, y'all, they don't even get to, he said, we are apolitical. They don't even get involved. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs have to come out and make it clear in case we forgot. We got to get this right. So take your break. Take your mental health break. But when we come back, you better get ready because we got war to do. We got a fight on our hands. The fight is for our survival right in here. The fight is for our boys and our girls to not live in fear, that they can go to college, they can go to high school, they can go to the store if they want and buy something, they can walk down the street, they can wear tins or gyms or whatever they wear, they can play golf, they can play tennis, they can play basketball, football, whatever it is they feel they want to do. The fight is to make sure that they get a chance to do it. And the, you, the police, you need to listen to us. We need reform. You've got to reform, and you need to show us some remorse. Apologize for these lives you have taken. You've killed some people. Apologize for it. Apologize to Breonna Taylor's parents. Apologize to all of us in the black community. Apologize. Come on, show us some remorse. You can do it. It's not going to make you look any less manly. You're not going to look any less powerful or any less strong. Show some remorse. Come on. Thank you so much, everybody. My name is Harriet Kimmer. Thanks for being part of my broadcast. I'll see you on Sunday morning. In the meantime, stay safe. There's still a pandemic out there. So please use your masks <laughs> and wear gloves and disinfect. Wash your hands. Make sure you have hand sanitizer everywhere. And keep hydrated. It's also very hot in most of the country right now. Thanks, everybody. Be blessed. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much. Thanks, everybody. Be blessed.